Hey there, Braves fans. Welcome to another edition of State of the Braves. I'm your host, George McNair. Uh, great to be back with you guys once again. It's always good to be back with you guys. I just want, as we get started, to remind you to check me out on YouTube uh, and subscribe there, especially if you want to watch State of the Braves. And of course, if you want to listen, you can find me on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, pretty much wherever you can find uh, podcast episodes. I am there. Uh, so just want to continue to encourage you guys to uh, kind of check out both of those. And of course, um, YouTube is a, is a great way to watch. Uh, but of course, sometimes you guys want to listen in the car or wherever you might be. So again, Spotify is a great opportunity to do that. Um, and also, you know, just don't uh, don't forget to to like, to follow and all that and tell your friends, of course, uh, if they're Braves fans to check out State of the Braves wherever they can find it. Uh, all right, guys. So I want to jump right into the biggest news uh, that's going on in Braves country right now, and that is that Mike Soroka is back. And this is really exciting for me. You guys know that I'm a huge Soroka fan. I've been pulling for him for a long time. Really hope that he was going to be able to, to jump back into things earlier than he actually did this season. But of course, as you know, he had uh, you know a pulled hamstring in spring training. It really set him back in his timetable. I th I think it would have been very unlikely for him to break camp. You know, looking looking at it now and how the Braves have been so careful with him uh, throughout the start of this season, uh, I doubt that he actually would have been able to be ready to begin the season. Uh, but nonetheless. Uh, you know, they have slow walked his progression and it makes a lot of sense. You know, Soroka has been out of baseball competitively for a lot of months. And, uh, you know, so they have had to really build him back from scratch in a lot of ways. Imagine not, uh, you know, any kind of athlete, if you have not played that sport for almost three years, uh, it's you're going to have a lot of rust. You're going to have a lot of things you're going to almost have to relearn how to do because just that muscle memory, all that stuff is not there. So it has taken Soroka maybe a little longer than some of us would have liked, especially with the pitching injuries that the Braves have experienced this season. But man, the fact that he's back is just kind of remarkable. Uh, so I just want to remind you guys, uh, especially if you're a new Braves fan, you don't even know who Soroka is because he's been gone that long. Uh, but let me just go through a very brief history of Michael Soroka um, so that we, if, if you haven't seen him pitch, you kind of know who he is. And if even if you have seen him pitch, it's been a long time. So it's, it's just a reminder. So after making, a, uh, after making his brief debut in 2018, he, he pitched in a couple games as a 20-year-old. Uh, Soroka pitched 174 and two-thirds innings. In his year 21 season, he pitched to a 268 ERA. Uh, he made the all-star team. He was second in the rookie of the year, and he was sixth in the Cy Young, Cy Young voting. And again, all this happened at the age of 21. So everything uh, in that 2019 season pointed to Mike, Michael Soroka being uh, a superstar in the making. Uh, just remarkable season at such a young age. And then, of course, the COVID year happened. It was a weird year anyways. Not that you can really blame that for Soroka's injury. But in August of 2020, in just his third start of the season, Soroka's Achilles snapped. And 
if you know anything about athletics, uh, an Achilles tear uh, is one of the worst injuries you can have. Uh, it's a very long process to rehab that. A lot of times guys will never regain their athleticism after that. Uh, with pitchers, of course, you're, you're pushing off of your legs. Your legs are incredibly important to what you're doing. And so a lot of uncertainty surrounded that. Now, since then, Soroka has given some uh, some interviews where he's basically said that he was feeling a lot of discomfort uh, in his legs and particularly his calf for some time and just kind of, you know, brushed it off, didn't really talk much about it and, you know, probably didn't even understand what was going on with that. But looking back, that was probably a precursor to uh, the fact that he was landing awkwardly or or wrongly if you know anything about kinesiology and you know movement and that sort of thing but he was he was landing in a way that was putting undue pressure on that achilles and then of course eventually it did give uh so that being said you know one achilles injury is is bad enough uh there's several athletes you know that have come back from uh an achilles injury i think about kobe bryant uh kevin durant a little more recently the achilles Injury is much more common in basketball. Uh, Hawks fans, you know, Dominique Wilkins also came back from an Achilles tear. So it is certainly doable, uh, but it is a significant injury. That being said, Soroka then, as he is trying to get back uh, to the big leagues in 2021, re-tears his Achilles. And it came out that it was probably poorly... Um, poorly fixed or however you, I don't know what the actual medical term is for that, but it was basically poorly attached and uh, it gave way as he was trying to rehab it. So, you know, that second tear was particularly devastating. As you can imagine, you know, you're halfway back from this big injury, you're putting in all this work and then you're basically starting from scratch, having to go back under the knife, all that stuff. So uh, the second recovery uh, has been long. The Braves have been obviously probably even more careful uh, in Soroka's recovery this time around. And um, Soroka has talked about, he's basically tried to relearn and revamp his delivery, how he lands on his legs, making sure that he's more correct um, in his balance and putting pressure on the right spots. Uh, when he does land, I do think that that's going to mean when you see him, he's going to look a little different. His delivery is going to be different. And I do wonder if that's, you know, adding to the the slowness of his return is he's really trying to figure out a little bit of a different way of pitching and how he can be successful. Because obviously how he was doing things before, he was very successful, but it was to the detriment of his body and his legs. So you got to be able to try to find both of those, you know, a, a nice middle ground where he can be successful and yet protect his legs. That being said, you know, this comeback that he's made is unprecedented. I think it's something like 34 months of, um, you know, being out of big league baseball and then returning. Uh, it is tremendous uh, that he's doing this. It shows his character. I think we've all, kind of figured that if anybody could overcome something like this, it was Soroka. Um, and he certainly has, he has shown his character 
And, you know, I think as Braves fans, we just have to be very supportive of him. No matter what the results are for Soroka this season, the fact that he's back in the big leagues at all is remarkable. Uh, we should all cheer him loudly. We should absolutely give him support. Um, and I do think he's going to find some success. I, I very much doubt he'll be as dominant as he was in that 2019 season at any point this season. Uh, but I'm not necessarily doubting that he can't get back there eventually long term. I really am hopeful that he can. And what a amazing story it would be if he were able to do that. Uh, you know, I just want to remind you guys, Soroka is still only 25 years old. Uh, a lot of pitchers don't even make the big leagues by 25. Uh, Max Fried uh, was not in the big leagues yet by 25 years old. So, you know, Soroka is a, a very unique case. He's the only player that I know of in Major League history to come back from two Achilles injuries to pitch, um, and he's doing so at 25 years old. Um, he made he made his debut at such a young age. He feels much older, um, and yet here he is. He really has a full big league career in front of him if he can remain healthy at this point. And I think most people feel like there's no reason um, that can't happen, especially if he's been able to fix some of the, the you know, things that were causing uh, his Achilles to, you know, be under more pressure than, than it should have been uh, in the past. But yeah, he's only 25, you know, Elder and Schuster, these young guys in the Braves, uh, in the Braves rotation right now are 24. I mean, they're, they're almost the same age as Soroka. Ian Anderson uh, is, is 25. You know, so these all these young guys that we think about for the Braves, Soroka's right there too. So it may be a slow process for him in terms of getting back to where he was. Uh, I kind of imagine when he comes up for the Braves, it's going to be, you know, five innings pitched or, you know, um, you know, he might be able to get to 90 or 100 pitches, but I don't necessarily know he's going to go deep into games. He probably is going to have some games where the results aren't particularly great. Uh, but I, I think some patience with him uh, is is certainly warranted. And if he can just keep the Braves in games the way that they have struggled with really only having four starting pitchers in the rotation for some time, you know, giving the bullpen more um, more rest is going to make the bullpen better. So his the timing of his return, you know, really it would have been nice if he was ready about two or three weeks ago. But we will take it uh, when we can get it. It's really good that he's he's coming back, of course, and his addition could really be a big one. So just super happy for Michael Soroka. It is a huge, a huge thing, a huge accomplishment for him just to be back on that mound. Um, and it's interesting that he's going to Oakland. You know, there's hardly any fans in Oakland right now. So you could not have asked for a easier uh, in terms of big league baseball, you cannot have asked for an easier transition uh, back to the big leagues. Uh, really, somewhat, you know, lower lower expectations, uh, lower pressure in Oakland. So, uh, and of course, the Oakland A's are really really bad. <laughs> They're like ten and forty five. So, uh, hopefully, he comes in and he has success against them, and you know, can at least start on the right foot. Uh, but certainly be pulling for Soroka and the Braves tomorrow night, Monday night, 
uh, for sure. Uh, so anyways, guys, a big final game versus Philadelphia uh, in Sunday night's game. The, uh, the Braves beat Philly 11-4. to The Braves end up splitting that, uh, that series, that four-game series against Philly. Uh, and in a really positive way, you know, they had dropped the game before Zach Wheeler had pitched a really good game. Uh, the Braves uh, lost that game two to one. Any low scoring game that you lose by one run is just kind of frustrating. Braves didn't do much at all offensively in that game except for a ninth inning home run by Sean Murphy. So anyways, the Braves come out and score seven runs in the first inning of this game. And uh, it was it was a fun one to watch, especially that first inning was super fun to watch. Uh, Ronald Acuna picks up four hits, including a triple. Uh, Matt Olson has two home runs, two long home runs, including a, a two-run shot in the first inning. Austin Riley had the back-to-back home runs with Olson, one of his own in the first inning. Riley really looks back. I'm, I'm really excited that Austin Riley – his he you when you watch him it's just the old Riley has returned. Um, he's he's shooting balls up the middle. He's hitting balls hard. He's not pulling off of balls. Uh, and so, anyways, that was on display today as well. And then the Braves, as a team, eleven runs scored, twenty um, I think twenty hits uh, in this game. So it was just an offensive uh, onslaught by the Braves against the hated Phillies. So always good to do it, but particularly good to do it against the Phillies. So by winning this game uh, against the Phillies, the Braves finish off kind of a rough stretch here, guys. And I know if you've been watching every game uh, over the last, you know, let's say uh, 20 days or so, it has been a kind of difficult uh, team to watch, especially the bullpen. That's been the Achilles heel for the Braves. Sorry, Mike Soroka. I didn't mean to go there with the Achilles, but anyways, it's been the Achilles heel for the Braves over these last uh, several games. The bullpen has been strained. I think um, this is in many ways a direct connection to, you know, the Max Fried injury and in the Kyle Wright injury. And then, you know, the Braves have thrown three bullpen games over this time period. Uh, the bullpen clearly is worn down. You're going to get worse performance from them anyways. And I think at the same time you are seeing, I don't think it's all about uh, the fact that they're fatigued. Um, you've had some some bad play as well. I mean, we know AJ Mentor struggles. Uh, the Braves put in uh, McHugh today and, you know, he gave up. Uh, it was like single home run or sorry, double home run single. And uh, then eventually I think he got out of it. But just a lot of those types of outings where guys are coming out and just not sharp. And I do think there's a huge correlation to the starting rotation um, and uh, the fact the bullpen has been overworked lately. So that being said, the Braves have also, you know, at the beginning of May, we've talked about this, May looked like a really, really tough month for the Braves anyways. Um, just a ton of good teams that the Braves had to play uh, over this stretch. I mean, if you just let me just read out just to remind you guys who the Braves played in May. They started with a doubleheader against the Mets. Then they went three against the Marlins, three against the Orioles, two against the Red Sox, three against the Blue Jays. Remember, they got swept in, the, in that Blue Jays series. Three against the Rangers, uh, three against uh, the Mariners, 
three against the Dodgers, and then uh, they just finished a four-game series against the the Phillies. That is a really tough stretch. There's really no easy, you could say, e- easy wins in there. Um, even the Marlins, of course, are holding their own in the NL East. Um, just a a tough, tough stretch for the Braves. And then on top of that, losing Wright and Freed. Honestly, I think you really have to look at May ultimately as a win. I think right now they're 14 and 13 in the month of May, even though this last stretch has been a little rougher. Um, but they they have definitely struggled since Freed and Wright went down. Any team would, and I think most teams would have folded more than the Braves have. They are the Braves are uh, seven and ten over the last 17. Uh, but coming out of this very tough month, uh, I think the Braves are actually very much poised to make a big run. And the fact that they're leading their division by quite a few games uh, with this tough stretch uh, should actually encourage you guys. It might not feel like that, you know, as you watch this and you've seen the bullpen struggle so much. And there have been some days where the offense has looked kind of pedestrian as well. But then you have days like today where where the Braves score 11. So that being said, I'm really going to bring some positivity to to this uh, episode and give you guys some things that I'm really seeing that I'm encouraged by. The first is that the starting pitching is beginning to solidify. And of course, that's going to start with um, the addition of Michael Soroka bringing him up. But I'm going to go into that a little bit more here. Uh, the, The number two thing, the slumping hitters are coming out of their slumps. Uh, and of course, I already mentioned Austin Riley, uh, but he's just part of that. And then the third thing is, while May was a very tough schedule for the Braves, June is a very favorable schedule for the Braves. So there's there's some things happening where I think it just sets up the Braves for a much better month. I don't think you're going to see them crater and, and lose the lead in the NL East or anything like that. They're a strong team that's going to get stronger, and I think we're going to go on quite a good winning streak here very soon. All right, guys, let's take a quick break. So let's go into these things. The the first, like I said, the starting pitching is beginning to solidify. Uh, you know, and honestly, the Braves starting pitching has been good. Uh, overall, the Braves actually rank as one of the better starting staffs in the National League right now. It's just they haven't been deep. You know, they're uh, losing right and freed greatly tested their depth um, and we know that Snicker and his crew decided to go with several bullpen games. The Braves have not won any of their bullpen games, but otherwise their starting staff has been good when they've been out there. And, you know, you give credit even to Schuster and Dodd who have not been necessarily shut down. Schuster did have one really good start, but they haven't necessarily been shut down, but they've been okay. You know, they, they've kept the Braves in games, but but, uh, you know, yeah, some really good things. Elder, I mean, I got to start with him, right? Bryce Elder has been one of the biggest surprises, not just on the Braves, but across all baseball this season. He has a 2.01 ERA right now, guys, for the season, a 1.17 whip. He's not walking guys. He's not striking out a ton of guys, but he's not walking guys. Uh, he'll give up a hit uh, here and there, but he'll also get a double play to get out of stuff. Uh, he recently had a really solid start against the Dodgers. If you watch that Dodgers game, it was pretty interesting. I think this is kind of who 
uh, Bryce Elder is. I mean, he in the first through the first three innings, I think he gave up two hits per inning, but he also got out of each of those innings without giving up a run. Uh, you know, he's going to get ground balls. He's going to get double plays to get himself out of some tough situations. And, you know, he's he is going to give up some runs. He's not going to be shut down every time out. But, man, he has been very, very good. And uh, the Braves have needed it. We, I don't know anybody who was foreseeing him being a really huge cog in the starting rotation this year, but that's exactly what he has been. Uh, that's that last start against the Dodgers again. Who this is one of the better lineups in baseball. You're facing Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman and and all those guys. Six innings, one run, seven hits. Yeah, he gave up some hits. Only one walk, and uh, yeah, he he obviously kept the Braves in that game. So. Elder, very, very good, and hopefully he will continue to do it. I think, you know, some of the some of the metrics say he's been a little lucky with, with batted balls in play and that sort of thing. But even if that swings back a little bit, you know, if, if he had a three ERA instead of a two, I mean, we'd still be saying Bryce Elder has been awesome. So uh, I think he will continue to be solid for them moving forward. All right. So the second thing, of course, with the with the starting pitching, I've already mentioned Mike Michael Soroka returning after 34 months out of the big leagues. His last start uh, in uh, for the Gwinnett Stripers in AAA, six innings pitched, one earned run, two hits allowed. He did walk three, but he struck out eight, and he did it. And this is the biggest thing: he did it on 90. So Snicker had basically know that Soroka get to 100 pitches and recover well and all that stuff, then we know that he's basically ready. And, and of course, on top of that, he, he had a really good start. You know, he's had some not so great starts as well, but one thing Soroka has always been, he does not allow a lot of home runs. He might allow some hits. I think in some ways he's like Elder in that way, but with better stuff. I mean, Soroka is still going to be throwing 95 versus Elder throwing 90, that sort of thing. But they are similar in some ways. And so, you know, again, the fact that Soroka is already up to next to 100 pitches is very encouraging. Uh, I don't think the Braves are going to feel like they have to, you know, manage him with kid gloves or anything like that. I think he's totally ready to go. So the reason we know it has not been, as of this podcast, as of this moment, has not been released officially that Soroka will be starting on Monday. But he he skipped his start today. Um and it was a scratch start for for no health reasons. That was made clear. And Anthopolis also gave an interview this morning, um, Sunday morning, uh, that was basically, without actually saying it, he basically confirmed that Soroka would be called up uh, for the Monday start at Oakland. So just a lot of encouraging stuff there. All right, so yeah, Elder's been great. Soroka is returning. And then some relatively good news on Max Freed. He's begun throwing on flat ground with no issues. I think he's done that on a couple of occasions. And this is just the beginning of him getting back on the mound in the big leagues for actual actual game action. So, you know, we're a long way from that. I'm not going to sit here and give you a timetable because I have no idea what the timetable would be. But I will tell you this, uh, the fact that he's throwing means that uh, it's basically what the Braves said it was, right? It was a forearm strain. If there was more to it than we than we knew, he would not be throwing at all. Uh, guys, Freed is, in my mind, the biggest key to this season. 
it's harder, it's much harder to foresee the Braves winning a World Series without Max Freed being right in the middle of that. Uh, could they could they win the division without Freed? Could they win a postseason series without Freed? Yes. Uh, but to go all the way without your ace, that's much harder to to foresee. So I really think Freed getting back, and I know the Braves feel this way too, right? They're going to be careful with him and make sure uh, that he's right. But um, I'm really I'm really hopeful and encouraged that he's going to be back before the All-Star break. And when that happens especially, I really think that the Braves are going to start rolling. The last thing I'll say is Schuster has been very encouraging. In his last three starts, you remember his first two starts of the season were not encouraging at all. They were quite bad. Uh, he was walking guys, and he's not the kind of guy who can nibble and walk guys and get away with it. But he's been much more aggressive in the zone, uh, and it showed. Uh, last three starts, he went uh, at Texas, five, in, five innings pitched, three earned runs. At Seattle, this was his best start, six innings pitched, one earned run on one hit. He gave up a home run, a solo home run. That's all he gave up. It's a great start. And then his last start against Philadelphia, five and two-thirds innings pitched, three earned runs. Again, is that tremendous? No, but he kept the Braves in the game, uh, and that's what you want from Schuster. It's great if he can give you those lockdown games like he had in Seattle or against Seattle, but um, he's been relatively good. So if he can give you that, if Soroka can come up and give you something similar and the Braves' bats are starting to wake up, uh, then I think the Braves against, like I said, uh, some weaker teams uh, in June, I think this could be really encouraging. And guys, one final nugget I'll leave you with in terms of the starting rotation is A.J. smith Shaver. If you've not heard of this guy, he's basically the Braves' top prospect. He's especially the top pitching prospect for the Braves. He started at high A this season, and the Braves basically have fast-tracked him all the way to triple a so he he made i think just a just a handful of starts at double a after starting the season really well at high a rome and now he is all the way up with the gwinnett stripers now that being said i don't think that they're looking at him um for the season if you know if everything falls right if freed comes back if soroka is okay uh, if Schuster's okay, right, uh, then I think that the Braves would prefer to not bring up Smith Shaver, who I believe is still only 20 years old. But he is pitching well. Uh, he's showing out well at AAA. Basically, what I've heard is he's got a tremendous fastball. His slider is good, but it's inconsistent. Uh, and, you know, so I think that they're hoping to give him some more reps at AAA and and solidify uh his his repertoire there um they also i don't know if you guys knew this but they use a different baseball uh in triple a in the big leagues it's slightly larger why they do that i have no idea maybe there's a good reason uh but there's some adjustment that pitchers can have especially ones that move up really quickly like he has where you know the ball's a little different it comes out of the hand differently uh so that being said uh i i don't necessarily expect Smith Shaver to come up for the Braves this season, but it's really great that he has had this level of success. Very exciting for the future, maybe the near future, and 
look, if there is some other thing that happens with the rotation, the fact that he's there waiting in the wings is very encouraging. So just one more aspect of the Braves starting rotation. I mean, we can say starting rotation woes uh, this month that now it's starting to look a little more encouraging. So I just wanted to mention that. So that leads me to my next uh, my next thing, right? The next positive thing that I'm seeing from the Braves, and that's some of their guys uh, who were slumping all through most of May are really starting to come out of it. Ozuna, of course, has had an insane month of May after one of the worst Aprils on record, probably. He was basically the worst position player in baseball in April, and he's been one of the better hitters throughout all of baseball in May. Um, Austin Riley has also come out of it. I already mentioned that, guys. He is back. If you watch him, he figured something out. There's no doubt. He was working really hard, I know, uh, in the cages and, and with the hitting coaches and all that, and you can tell he has figured it out. Uh, but let me go back to Ozuna for a second. Ozuna's crazy May, just for some numbers. And, of course, you see, if you're watching, you know he's he's really locked in right now. But he's hitting 347 in May with a 417 on base percentage. He's hit nine home runs and 20 RBIs in May. So after doing nothing in April, uh, this has been really, really important for the Braves through a really difficult stretch for him to have that kind of offensive output. It's been really big. Uh, so him and then Austin Riley, last 11 games, 11-game 11 hitting streak. Riley's hit three home runs in the last four, uh, in his last four games, including a two-homer game uh, within that time period. And, you know, what I see, and I told you guys this, when he's going badly, he's really pulling off the ball. That front hip is pulling out. And he's pulling everything. He's, he was getting pitched well inside off the plate, and he was swinging at it and pulling it way down the line. And, of course, he's not going to do anything with that. And since that time, he's laid off that pitch. Uh, he's getting jammed, which every everybody who knows anything about hitting is getting jammed is a good thing because you're staying inside the baseball. You're letting it travel. Uh, he's staying closed on the ball. He's going up the middle much more. Uh, you know, line shots up the middle. He hit a home run to dead center field tonight, uh, Sunday night. And, um, yeah, I mean, he's hit some bombs. So the the fact that – and I, I've seen this from Riley before. When he gets in slumps, uh, when he starts getting out of those slumps, he his power isn't back yet, right? It's He usually has like eight or ten games where he's starting to get hits again, uh, doubles and singles. And then suddenly the power shows up. And that's what we're seeing now. So I think he's going to continue to go through a hot streak. Uh, and hopefully it, it lasts for a long time. Because when Austin Riley's hot, there's really very few hitters on the planet that are as good as he is. Uh, and then even some signs of life from Michael Harris. You know, this is a little earlier on for Harris. I might be grasping at straws, but I think I'm seeing some good things from him. He hit a homer the other night, uh, the other way. He's had several um, several balls hit the other way recently. Um, and the broadcast talked about this, that Chipper Jones has been working with Michael Harris to basically do the old Freddie Freeman take of just try to hit line drives over the shortstop, let the ball travel, hit it the other way. And we know that Michael Harris has tremendous power to the opposite field. So, you know, that really allows you to 
hit that, uh, you know, hit the fastball the other way, stay on the off-speed pitches a little longer and hit those for power and, and you can pull those. Uh, but hopefully Harris, you know, if him and Riley and Ozuna are all going strong at the same time, and of course, Matt Olson hit two home runs uh, tonight. Uh, Acuna is, is the MVP of the league right now. So Harris is just a wild card where the Braves have not got much offensive value from him. But uh, if he starts doing it, we know that he's as capable as, of anyone of uh, doing some really big damage offensively. And not to mention, I got to mention this, he had a tremendous catch to rob a home run tonight. We know that Michael Harris is going to bring the defense, and he's a dynamic guy. He's a dynamic athletic player, and he's exciting to watch. So I, I'm really hoping that he can turn it around and have an awesome June Maybe going to Oakland and playing a really bad team will help get him going too. Who knows uh, if that'll happen, but I think it's uh, at least favorable for him. So the last thing I'll mention, guys, and I've already mentioned it, but the other the other thing that I think could really help turn the Braves around a little bit, turn them around. I mean, they're leading their division. They're 11 games over 500, but we know that they haven't really hit their stride yet. So I think June and the fact, if you look at their June schedule, guys, uh, compared to their May schedule, it's just night and day. Now, to end May, like I said, the Braves are playing three games against the Oakland Athletics in Oakland. But then to start June, let me just go through these games. They have three against the Diamondbacks. Uh, then they have three at home against the Mets, three against the Nationals. Then they go to Detroit, then Colorado, to Philadelphia, Cincinnati. Uh, they're at home against the Twins. Uh, you know, that schedule is night and day uh, versus their very difficult May schedule. So you can just see, now. you know, it's the big leagues and anybody can beat you, but you can just, just see how favorable that is towards the Braves having a really good June. So hopefully that happens and some of these other things can, be, uh, can work in their favor as well as guys start getting hot, start getting going offensively and the... Um, the starting rotation starts to solidify. Again, you know, the weakness of this team so far has seemed to be the bullpen, but I really think as the starting pitching can give some more innings and get more, you know, more rest to the bullpen, the bullpen is going to be at least more effective. I, I, I do have my doubts that maybe the bullpen is lacking one or two really, really locked down, shut down guys at the back end, but obviously rest will help this bullpen. All right, guys. Well, the last thing I want to mention really quickly, Friday is Lou Gehrig Day across all of baseball. Of course, Lou Gehrig passed away from ALS, and uh, a lot of a lot of people have since then. I mean, you know, it's it's been kind of an epidemic, not on a large scale, but it's such a debilitating, debilitating uh, disease that people struggle with, and baseball has done a good job. Um, through the the tragic events of Lou Gehrig and his passing to to you know put this out and make it more of a you know make that awareness across all baseball and, and really all of America and there's a Braves connection I want to make you aware of Sam Hilliard of course he's um, a bench player for the Braves outfielder uh, he's had some really good games for the Braves this year uh, his family has a foundation to fight against. ALS. His dad actually passed away from ALS a number of years ago. So I just want to point you guys towards that. Um, they are raising funds 
to fight against ALS, you can go to teamhilliardfoundation.org uh, and give to um, to that organization. It's cool to be able to do it however you would to fight ALS, but to do it through his organization, I think would be particularly cool. So again, that's teamhilliardfoundation.org. Uh, if you're interested, you feel led to do that. Uh, I would really encourage you guys to do it. So, all right, guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of State of the Braves. Again, we have finished a really tough stretch for the Braves, and I am seeing some good things, uh, a light at the end of the rainbow of uh, some really good baseball, I think, that the Braves are about to play. So uh, we'll obviously watch and, and hope that that is the case. Guys, I really appreciate you listening and watching uh, and tuning in to State of the Braves, and I will see you soon.